0: Support for Carolina Business Review provided by Grant Thornton, operating in more than 100 countries, our tax audit and advisory professionals specialize in helping companies unlock their growth potential. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of South Carolina, where healthcare is changing for the better. Find out how at ahealthysc.tv and by Sunoco a global manufacturer of consumer and industrial packaging products and provider of packaging services, with more than 300 operations in 35 countries. It is
1: already a long hot summer. While both Carolina's General Assemblies have finished their formal session work, or close to it in North Carolina's case, the business of enforcing and applying new policies And facilitating the normal course of business goes on in the background of, of of course, summer activities. Welcome again to the longest running and the most widely watched source of Carolina business and public policy. I am Chris William. And among the hottest, no pun intended, issues facing our region, transportation stands alone. Privately, even educators will consent. It needs near-term action. On this edition, one of the Palmetto, one of Palmetto State Governor Nikki Haley's cabinet bosses, South Carolina D.O.T. Secretary,
0: Christy Hall. Major funding also by Novant Health, bringing you world-class technology, clinicians, and care when and where you need it. The Duke Endowment, a private foundation enriching communities in the Carolinas through higher education, health care, rural churches, and children's services. And by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, who's responsible for rising health care costs? Join us and many others in a candid discussion at letstalkcost.com. ON THIS EDITION OF CAROLINA BUSINESS REVIEW, AN EXECUTIVE PROFILE, FEATURING Christy HALL, SOUTH CAROLINA'S TRANSPORTATION SECRETARY.
1: HELLO, WELCOME TO OUR PROGRAM. Uh, MADAM SECRETARY, HAPPY SUMMER.
2: Thank you. Good to have you here. I'm, pl- I'm glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
1: You know, I've, I've, this is a small anecdotal thing, but I, I fear for some of your crews when we drive by them on I-26 or I-77 and um, or 95 in the mm-hmm. very hot summer months. God bless them, because I know that is not easy work. But um, glad you're on the program, and by the way, congratulations on being the permanent uh, Department of Transportation secretary, I think, for Thank you. you.
2: Thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: Madam Secretary, let's, let's talk about priorities. We all know that funding for uh, DOTs and transportation and infrastructure in both Carolinas, uh, in your words, is a crisis level. Um, sure. Uh, first of all, priorities. What are your, what are, what are your sh- short-term and long-term priorities, but what are your top two or three priorities? And even before that, do you feel like it's a crisis? Oh, it it certainly
2: is a crisis Uh, in South Carolina. We're basically stagnant when it comes to resourcing and revenues for roads and bridges. The General Assembly did uh, approve some additional funding for South Carolina roads this past session, but it's only gonna tackle 15% of the needs that we've demonstrated uh, for our roads and bridges and our congestion on the interstate. So we're certainly at a crisis point. We don't believe that uh, we're gonna be able to turn around the decay of the system uh, with the exception of bridges. Uh, With this new funding, we are gonna target some uh, structurally deficient bridges across the state and make a significant impact there. But one third of our interstate needs over the next 10 years are still unfunded. And over 70% of our traffic is still going to be driving on poor roads.
1: Mm-hmm. So what, what are the priorities? How do you lay out, okay, these are our top three. We have to do that with the money that we have allocated.
2: Sure, with, with our um, infrastructure plan, we actually have just recently initiated what we call a transportation asset management plan. And it was something that was required by the Federal Highway Administration as part of the federal funding program. But we've really taken the next step with it and have decided that we're gonna embrace that whole concept for all of the system, not just the system that's eligible for Mm -hmm. federal funds, but the system that relies exclusively on state funds. So we can take a holistic approach at funding our highway needs and bridge needs and really kind of look at it from the standpoint of, we know we have a system that's in a state of crisis. We know that we've got a system that's in a, steady rate of decay of one to 2% per year going downhill, we can't stop it. Uh, Instead of trying to make every piece of the system, uh, address every piece of the system, which Mm -hmm. network should we target more exclusively more than others? And so we've initiated that dialogue. It was part of my message to the General Assembly this past session that we needed to focus our investment on our major north, south and east, west corridors in the state, whether it's our interstate system or what we call our primary routes in South Carolina. Uh, These are our roads that connect the communities, that service our businesses, that our tourists drive on, that basically is the backbone of our economy. We have got to make an effort to focus our investments Mm -hmm. there. So that's our top priority right now when it comes to infrastructure is that network, getting it uh, turned around if we can. We've got tremendous needs there. Uh, well over a billion dollars in backlog mm-hmm. of unmet needs uh, on that system, so it's going to take a while to get out of that situation that we've dealt, or that we've dug for ourselves. But uh, communicating the needs and explaining the situation, whether it's in simple numbers or maps, to uh, drive it home to the local level, to the policymakers, that's really my job is to communicate. Mm-hmm that need and to make sure that we're targeting those investments in the best best way possible.
1: As you all know members in the State House will say you know we understand we understand how critical this is but we have so many other needs education being just one Um, and they and many members of the State House will 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 fall under cover from their constituents saying well we're not hearing that we're hearing something else. how does dot rally the troops rally the rank and file is it going out to every community and 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 saying not just saying reach out to your legislator but is there another way to communicate the crisis as you've put it to those that sit in the house and the senate
2: well the grassroots efforts are there even without the dot uh doing anything consciously to try to drive that the 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 Citizens of our state and the the, uh, tourists, I mean, they're making it known that the condition of the roads are unacceptable in South Carolina. And that message is being heard loud and clear by our legislature. Uh, My job during this past session was to uh, go over to the General Assembly and provide them trend lines, talk through the needs, talk through the gaps in funding, talk through the priorities and how the funding would be invested and we took a little different approach this past session, and instead of talking about a 20-year horizon or even a 30-year horizon on the needs, because the numbers are just too big when you when you look at it in, in that type of context, we stepped back and said, okay, well, what are our needs in the next 10 years? And by doing that, we were able to uh, still get at a needs number mm-hmm. or a needs gap, but presented in a way that it's a little more um, manageable Mm -hmm. where you can talk about, well, if we just invest another 100 million on uh, bridges, we can reduce the structurally deficient bridges by half in the state over Mm -hmm. a 10 year period. And it's things like that, that um, demonstrate dollar invested with a desired outcome over 10 years that really I believe caught the attention of the General Assembly along with the grassroots efforts Mm -hmm uh driving the the funding so because of that we're able to get about 216 million in recurring funding dedicated to roads and bridges in south carolina so
1: you get you get a little over 200 million for as you said madam secretary just for that but but you've publicly stated you really need a billion and a half that's correct um you know that's less than 20 percent of what Mm -hmm. you think the annual need is does the does the Fed money make up for that? Is there, does that open up an opportunity to put pressure, increased pressure, on legislators around raising this gas tax? I mean, wh- what is this, so where do we go now in the near term for funding?
2: Sure, I, well, everybody at the State House, the governor included, uh, the General Assembly, DOT, we all, in, in businesses within the state, we all know that the 216 million that was dedicated mm-hmm. is just the beginning, it's, it's a great first step uh, we very much appreciate the dollars being allocated. We very much appreciate them responding. Uh, when I went over and, and basically um, made a plea for funding for our primary network, those major roadways, east, west, north, south, and our bridges uh, and our interstates, um, that they responded. And, uh, but nobody at the time, nor today, knows or feels like that was the solution. Everybody acknowledges that it's just the first step and it'll help us with about 15% of the, of the overall mm-hmm. need, but we have a tremendous backlog mm-hmm. of deferred maintenance. Our interstates will remain congested. Um, we still would have uh, about half of the number of structurally deficient bridges in 10 years that we have today. Um, but the new money is a great start but it's not the solution.
1: So what are the creative funding ideas? What, what are other regions doing? What are your what are your cohorts in other states doing?
2: Uh it's a blended approach and I believe South Carolina will have to move to a blended approach uh not rely mm-hmm. exclusively on the state gas tax as we have in the past. Uh we're living on $1987 at this point in time. So In
1: other words, it has the state gas tax hasn't been raised in almost 3 decades. That, that seems like it's low-hanging fruit.
2: That's correct. Well You know, when you factor in inflation and diversions and other things that happen in South Carolina with that gas tax revenue um, that I believe was originally targeted just for roads and bridges, it kind of goes to other agencies now and some other things. But when you look at that 16 cents factor in inflation, basically I'm asked to run the fourth largest state highway system in the nation on the equivalent of about a nickel. Um, and so that's that's an impossible equation and the results are what you're seeing on the roadways with potholes mm-hmm. and congested highways.
1: You know you get, and, and this is not pandering to you Madam Secretary, but you get you get hugely uh, great marks for managing the October 2015 floods and, and, and mobilizing DOT, mobilizing communities to handle that well. How much, uh, How how much of a how much of a chunk did that take out of your operating system and, and did it put you kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to funding and other priorities?
2: Well, it was a, a tragic situation for us in the state. There were uh, you know, close to two dozen people statewide that lost their lives uh, during the floods. So we don't take the situation lightly at all. It, it was a significant disruption to our infrastructure, mobility was greatly impaired unprecedented hundred mile detour of I-95 through the region, uh, so we were dealt quite a blow, uh, but we handled it as a one DOT team. My leadership team, we knew right away that we had to treat that, that event differently than any other, and so we mobilized our units from all over the state. So I had uh, crews from regions that were not affected by the flood, mm-hmm. I brought them in, and basically it was an all-hands-on-deck approach. We engaged our contractors as needed uh to help us as well. But, you know, when the event first happened, it's really unclear what the magnitude of it of mm-hmm. it is when you're first starting. And so we never came forward with any kind of public estimates on what we thought the storm was gonna be because quite frankly we were we were trying to contain cost and deliver an expedited mm-hmm. recovery. But there were speculation that, you know, billion dollars to billion and a half dollars in road and bridge damage. I knew it wasn't near that number, but I didn't wanna put a number out until yeah. I was confident in what, what our recovery number was gonna be, but fortunately, because of the way we managed it as uh, a one DOT type team approach, uh, we were able to deliver our recovery for about 137 million. So about 10% wow. of the estimated uh, cost that others were throwing out there early on. So. Uh, we, we try to be good stewards and, uh, of the finances and mm-hmm. deliver the, the roads and bridges back open to the community as quickly as possible.
1: Did you get any subscription or help from North Carolina and Georgia on that?
2: Absolutely we did. Mm-hmm. North Carolina DOT, I was on the phone with their director um, and our chief engineers were talking back and forth. They lent us a lot of materials and supplies. Uh, we also used them to help uh, post detour messages, especially when we had the interstates. Mm-hmm. Detour because it wasn't only 95, but there were points in time when you couldn't travel through Columbia um, because we had sections of the interstates closed.
1: How, you know, this is kind of chasing something down a rabbit hole, but wouldn't it make sense to coordinate with local uh, re, uh, adjacent state DOTs to figure out what you could do together in leverage when it comes to assets? working a little bit more smartly and maybe, you know, com- in a, certainly in a competitive situation, but when it comes to transportation infrastructure, uh, Madam Secretary, isn't, isn't this a, a better deal for citizens if states cooperate?
2: Absolutely it is, and uh, you know, there are some mechanisms uh, set in place for that to happen, whether it's through our um, uh, interagency uh, planning, coordination meetings, mm-hmm or uh, our annual state uh, nationwide, state DOT representative meetings that we have um, where we have the opportunity to sit down and talk with, at least for me, Georgia counterparts and North Carolina counterparts, Tennessee, Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, other states as well. And we just sit down and talk about issues. Um, our border crossings in particular are something that we focus on in South Carolina and try to work very closely with our neighboring states to deliver projects that meet both of our needs mm-hmm. and that's that's been something that we've struggled with in particular on the Georgia side for mm-hmm. several years now but uh, we've made an effort to reach out to Georgia DOT and, and uh, talk about mm-hmm. doing things exactly as you said work more cooperatively and uh, partner together to deliver a good project.
1: Uh, let me ask you about politics because you know that never comes up in South Carolina and <laughs> say that obviously tongue-in-cheek. Uh, so. In the session, in the South Carolina session, uh, a transportation bill was signed, some funding was signed, and the governor signed the bill, but she signed it with some uh, trepidation that some control is being lost while some funding is coming in. Um, I want to ask you directly about the loss of control, but I do want to ask, how, how do you operate within the agency, without the agency, with some other agencies. How do you operate in the purview of politics in South Carolina without the stickiness of the partisan politics? In other words, how, how do your, your boss, Governor Haley, whether she's liked or not liked, how do you operate with the idea of convening both parties and moving forward with a plan? How do you do that?
2: Sure. Well, the governor's expectations are the same as the General Assembly's expectations of uh, of a state agency and that is that that the the ceo or the the, um, the the transportation secretary is charged with managing that state agency and that means being the best steward of the dollars that means driving at effectiveness and efficiency of the operations being transparent and accountable and providing good information and what I've tried to do diligently since my time as whether it was acting secretary or permanent secretary is to be the messenger for the agency, not only with the general assembly, but for my internal staff as well, to kind of set the course, uh, you know, put measures in place to make sure that we're delivering and uh, basically holding ourselves accountable, but also being a source of good, reliable information and able to lay out a vision for Mm -hmm. where the system needs to be in 10 years as I mentioned earlier or where the agency with its operations needs to Mm -hmm. migrate towards so um, just trying to be a good manager and uh, be truthful and provide good information and and be professional and I believe that has uh, turned the tide for the DOT over the last 12 months and because of that we had the confidence of the General Assembly that if they dedicated dollars to the DOT that we would roll up our sleeves and get to work mm-hmm. and deliver those projects in accordance with the needs that the secretary had outlined. So, um, that, you know, that's basically my job is, is to lead lead the uh, fourth largest DOT in the nation and, and uh, be that messenger.
1: Do, do you feel like um, uh, sands any politics between the governor and the, and the Speaker of the House or the leader of the Senate? Do you feel like you have and are building a good relationship with both chambers?
2: Oh absolutely, I'm a resource to all of them Um, and it doesn't necessarily just have to be an elected official um, at Mm -hmm. the state house or at the statewide level. I was on the phone just yesterday with some mayors down in Lowcountry about some issues we have um, dealing with traffic control around the port area and so I I view myself as um, responsive and you know trying Mm -hmm. to do the best I can to to help any way that I can uh, or any kind of assistance DOT can deliver and so you know, just getting back to the basics of returning phone calls and yeah, meeting with sure. individuals and, and being visible makes a big difference. And so, uh, I work for the people of South Carolina, and I never forget that.
1: Yeah, you know, you've you, as I well as I've said and I, again, I'm not trying to be uh, pandering to you here, but you've gotten high marks in a very short period of time. I know you've been in in or around DOT for the last two decades, but now named permanent secretary. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the accolades of a lot of people that have said that she's exactly the right person for the job uh... when you look at your job uh... look beyond roads and bridges and infrastructure and widening lanes and fixing fixing communities uh... madam secretary isn't this more about building communities isn't isn't transportation and not putting words in your mouth but isn't transportation the underpinning of development of communities and neighborhoods
2: Absolutely, it is. Are,
1: is that missed in a lot of the public dialogue?
2: Um, maybe um, explicitly, yes. But I think it's uh, everybody uh, that that talks about roads and bridges, I believe they understand that we, we sometimes define the communities and how those roads and bridges look is, you know, almost like the the front door or the porch <laughs> leading into the communities. Um, so, we fully recognize the role that we play moving people not only within the community but through the communities, getting people to and from work, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having a bumpy ride going to and from school or, or going to the grocery store and back. It, uh, so, we know the road, uh, the role that roads play in our citizens' lives, and um, it's uh, it, we try to be very sensitive to that and try to Mm -hmm. work as best we can within the communities to deliver a project that the communities number one want and then number two uh, can embrace going forward but sometimes that's not always easy to do when uh, there's limited amount of dollars available and the needs are just so great Mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes some of the uh, what we would consider um, optional items on projects we're not able to deliver such as landscaping or mm-hmm. dedicated bike paths and things like that that make a huge impact to the everyday lives of individuals. Uh, we're just struggling to maintain the existing roads without trying to add more to it. So unfortunately, we're not able to, you know, lead like an Oregon DOT or, or some of those other DOTs that are very much connected with the communities and deliver a multimodal type solution, sidewalk, sidewalks, mm-hmm. bike lanes bike paths yeah you know, those type of things we're just we're not at that place right now in South Carolina. How,
1: how can is there is there a way to open up a creative dialogue about funding that that communities would be open to knowing listen the only way we're going to get this done is either in God forbid I say this word by a toll or some other type of usury tax that's that's not even be talked about because it, it's politically a hot the third rail I don't, I don't know.
2: Yeah, South Carolina, we've struggled with tolls in the past. We have two toll roads in the state. One is a successful project. Uh, it generates enough revenues to service the debt on that particular project.
1: And this is the low country toll? Uh,
2: it's, it's the one going back and forth to Hilton Head Island. Yeah. So you somewhat have a, a captive audience um, for that one. But the other one is uh, like a loop around the, the Greenville area in the, in the state, kind of in the upland area. And it struggled, it went bankrupt, and. Um, had to be refinanced and some Mm -hmm. other things. Um, And it's, you know, it's just one of those things that the citizens of the state just do not have a great appetite for tolls. Uh, I think it's something that's got to stay in the toolbox for use for the appropriate project Mm -hmm. at the right time. Uh, We're just not there yet, but there's certainly gonna be a point in time when we can't widen the roads anymore. Uh, The Rock Hill area on Mm I-77 is one of those areas that when i look at a map of congestion it shows very congested area but we know we, do, we 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 should not go in there and widen that road any further than what it is currently so we're going to have to look at alternative solutions for managing traffic. Well,
1: it, you know, I we've got about a minute left and I will say to that Rock Hill I77, I mean, you led North Carolina in that and where South Carolina saw the need around the corner and actually built out that road more quickly than North Carolina Correct. and turned out to be the right thing to do, is there any other uh, is there any other area that you think in the state and again, uh ma- Madam Secretary in less than a minute here. Where where do you think job number one is gonna be for you right now?
2: Uh, Job number one is gonna be in our urban areas, in particular around our ports, getting traffic in and out of our port facilities. Is that
1: the inland port as well? Inland port,
2: uh, the coastal ports. uh, We absolutely have to get that uh, right from the beginning. We can't wait for something um, to go wrong with those ports when the new facilities open. So we have to be prepared for that.
1: Um, Would you expect this year that 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 there could be a you know, softening before the January session starts? I think there's going to be a softening in the gas tax increase.
2: It, you know, it's hard to say. <laughs> it, it it really is. We're we're past a set of elections, yeah. um, but there's always an election right around the corner. So again, my job is to explain the need and and uh, lay out a vision and let the policymakers find a way to get us yeah. there financially.
1: Your honor, thanks for taking time to be on thank the program. You. and Thanks for leading that effort. Uh, not an easy one, but but we're all glad that you're in the job. So thank you, and uh, happy summer to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for watching us. Uh, if you have any comments, carolinabusinessreview.org. Uh, until next week, I'm Chris. Good night.
0: Major funding for Carolina Business Review was provided by The Duke Endowment. A private foundation enriching communities in the Carolinas through higher education, health care, rural churches, and children's services. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Who's responsible for rising health care costs? Join us and many others in a candid discussion at letstalkcost.com. Grant Thornton, operating in more than 100 countries. Our tax audit and advisory professionals specialize in helping companies unlock their growth potential. Novant Health, bringing you world-class technology, clinicians, and care when and where you need it. Sanoco, a global manufacturer of consumer and industrial packaging products and provider of packaging services with more than 300 operations in 35 countries. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of South Carolina, where healthcare is changing. For the better, find out how at ahealthysc.tv and by viewers like you, thank you. Promotional consideration provided by Business North Carolina magazine. For more information, visit carolinabusinessreview.org.